You best start believing in podcasts, Miss Turner, because you're listening to one. Why do you sound Scottish? <laughs> I don't know. You have a troll. All right, that was cringe. <laughs> but that's how oh, we start Project gosh. Ecology each and every week. And if you don't... Uh, if you don't vibe with that, you we'll can put walk, a curse on you. Walk the plank, bro. All right. No, today we're going to be talking all about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, a movie that is... Really uh, good. Well, the first one, Curse of the Black Pearl. Yes, we're just going to be covering today the Curse of the Black Pearl, the t- 2003 movie by Gore Verbinski, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. We're very excited. All of us are uh, big fans of the Pirates franchise. But as always, uh, my name is Dakota. I'm joined with Anthony. And we have a special guest this week. Jen. Yes, the sometimes lovely Jen. What? <laughs> Always lovely. She's official, unofficial Project Ecology third member. Yes. That's, that comes from the couch over to this chair to film with you all. Our cheapest and only guest. <laughs> <laughs> she she decided to come out of the the D and D dungeon to join us. Yeah, this week. So we're we usually record on Thursdays, and it works because Jen has other uh, stuff going on on Thursdays with D and D group, and um, that just kind of like leaves a couple hours for us to just you know talk about whatever the topic of the week is for the podcast. But for the occasional podcast, we have things that you know all of us want to get involved in, and this is one of those things that each of us want to talk about. Jen, what is your relationship with Pirates of the Caribbean? This is a film near and dear to my heart. That's why I was inclined to acquiesce to your request. I <laughs> I remember when Dakota and I like first first started dating, his dad and mom took us out for dinner for like the first time and they're really into movies. And um, they asked me like, what's your favorite movie? It was like one of the first questions. And I was really nervous because I know that they're into movies. And I, in my head, I immediately thought Pirates of the Caribbean. But I was like, you can't say that. Like, you can't say Pirates of the Caribbean. And I said something else. I think I ended up saying um, Pride and Prejudice because I think I just had Kira, Kira Knightley on the mind. But yeah, it's, I, I really like it. It's one of my favorite movies. I, I, I like it a lot. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's, and uh, dude, having watched it, this week for you know our rewatch, I can honestly say it has held up so so well. It really has. The quality of the the movie has withstood time. Like it still looks great. Mm-hmm. Still looks great. The jokes still land. The acting is perfect, and the setting is just immaculate. You know, they they totally nail a pirates in the Caribbean movie. Right, because I, I don't like. Usually when you see pirate movies, they're really like super campy. Mm-hmm. And while they'll while they kind of tap into that sometimes, it's not cringe. Like when you look back on like I think old it's kinda pirate dirty. movies. It's a bit dirty and like gritty. And outright gross, right. honestly. Like you have a guy whose eyeball is just falling out like <laughs> a bunch of times throughout the movie, which is a bit gross. Yeah. I know I mean, a dirty man sleeping with with a pig in the pig <laughs> right i think with pirates movies um I, it's really easy to just make a bunch of caric- caricatures of what we think of as pirates you know guy with a peg leg and the bird but they kind of like spread those 
characteristics of the you know typical Long John Silver character type, like oh, uh, across like a, a big swath of characters, and they mm-hmm. give you know this guy this quirky personality type, and this guy the peg leg, and this guy the the uh, the, the the bird that squawks and says dead men tell no tales and stuff like that. So I I love uh, what they did with that, but you know we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're skipping a very major and uh, you know important time-honored tradition on this podcast and this is our 25th episode you know 25 it's been a couple weeks since we recorded last i think last time we recorded was march 18th so almost a month uh, oh my goodness like um, uh, over three weeks at this point since we've recorded last hey hey dakota i have a joke for you Uh oh what is it what's better than 24 25 25. Wow. That was really good. <laughs> that was not a good joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, that you was guys a SpongeBob see reference. That was a SpongeBob reference, which is relevant because that's nautical theme too. Ah, that's true. You keep telling yourself that, Anthony. You keep telling yourself that. <laughs> which, um, they also have Davy Jones in SpongeBob, so it is oh, connected. And they okay. also have Davy Jones. <laughs> Dude, we need to do an episode on SpongeBob. Oh, so good. Man. Just like the first three seasons, though, because after that, like, pretty much all the memes and stuff that we remember from Spongebob comes from the first three seasons, even though they've continued to make them for years. But anyway, let's get on to our uh, usual topic. What have we been up to this past week? But for, you know, the three of us, it's been three weeks. So, um, Anthony, why don't you go ahead and start? Because, you know, Jen and I kind of do the same thing because we live right next to each other. Yeah, you you and Jen have been jam-packed. Well, the past three weeks, they've been pretty good. Uh, I, as Jen and Dakota know, I left my old job in retail, and now I work in a bank. Congratulations, and... by the way. We're, mm-hmm. we're I'm super happy for you. I don't know about Jen. I don't think Jen is as happy, but... I, I'm happy. I am happy. Jen is semi happy. I'm waiting to, to plot my revenge. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty excited and and I'm glad to be there and it really clears off my schedule for us to schedule these podcasts better too because a, a lot of our scheduling conflicts were because I'd be working too late. And then you work early, you know, and, and you don't want to, you can't stay up too late because you have to wake up early the next day. So, uh, this really like helps out. I wake up around five thirty for work on my average. Right. Day. So th- this like really clears things up and it's been a good, uh, I, I made, you know, I made my first week and, uh, it's been good. They haven't fired you yet. Right, right. The most important <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, what have you uh, been up to, uh, I guess, like, fandom-wise or geek-wise? Well, I rewatched Pirates of the Caribbean twice in these three weeks. Once, I, I watched it last week because originally we had scheduled to record last week. I don't know what happened. And then uh, I watched it again because I wanted to get, I, I wanted to have, like, a pretty, like, fresh take. And uh, so I watched it yesterday as of recording. I've been doing that. I've been playing. Oh, uh, I've been playing the phone version of League of Legends. It's called League of Legends Wild Rift. Oh, you had mentioned that when uh, last we saw you, actually. Um, you haven't mentioned it on the podcast. What? Tell, tell us a little bit more about that. 
So League of Legends Wild Rift is a phone version of League of Legends. Now, the basic gameplay is there, the way to play, but it's optimized for, for phones. So you're not going to have the same exact experience that you're going to have on a PC just because it's a lot quicker with a mouse and keyboard on, on a PC and uh, you don't have all the characters there. So you're not uh, going to be playing yet. against people on PC and stuff, are you? Right, right. Uh, yeah. So it's League of Legends, but it's like its own game. Okay. It's like a separate game, but it, it still plays out the same. Sounds um, fun. I've been playing that, and I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise. Now that is that's been really fun to jump into. It's a really cool like formula that they went with because it has a lot of aspects of it from like the older games, um, like the way that you level up uh, your hunter rank, so, some of the ways that the that the game mechanics are. And then there's a lot that they took from from uh, like Monster Hunter World mm -hmm. to kind of make the gameplay a little more smooth. Uh, it's really fun. I like it. Have you been cat uh, catching up with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? Yes. What are your yes, thoughts that's on that? Been, I, I enjoy it. Yeah? I enjoy it. And uh, never in my life did I ever think that I would like Baron Zemo. Dude, he's <laughs> so good. He's like the best character in the show. I, I know. I was like, how do you take a... I mean, they, they did with Loki. But I, I, I mean, it's like, remember how they left off on Baron Zemo? Like, you're like, oh, I don't care for this guy. And they, they took that guy and they made him so, like, enjoyable. Like, this guy's just like... I'm like, I mean, like, this guy's like, you know, like getting in there, dancing. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, Baron Zemo. Okay. Yeah. And we know, <laughs> him like, from, what? we know him from Civil War, like December 16th, 1991. Such a freak. Yeah. Man. Activating this, uh, the super soldiers and stuff. But yeah, um, it's been, it's been a good show. It's more along the lines of the Marvel formula mm -hmm. as far you know like kind of like how their movies are wandavision was a bit of a break from that but a huge break from that. i enjoy yeah. it yeah yeah it was it, yeah it was did you did you watch the most recent episode or no the one that released today no i have not okay no spoilers. pretty much like when i got off of work i i worked on some others I, I was working on some stuff and then i uh ate dinner all right well you te uh, text me text me when you watch it because today's episode is crazy it was good. Yeah, it was yeah. yeah, man, I loved. Really I loved uh, last week's. I think last you might, week's was just like fantastic. I think you might like retract a bit what you were saying about it being like the Marvel formula. At right with this week, I feel like it was quite. No, it's not that it's not the Marvel you don't formula. Think so? No, it still feel feels like it felt, very Marvel. It felt Marvel, but to me, it felt different. Yes, there are different aspects of it, but at the end of the day, they're playing on animatronic. <laughs> oh yeah, our dog's walking in the background and Anthony thinks Luna, that's her name, looks like an animatronic dog. She's an animatronic puppy. Speaking the, the, of, uh, the going joke is that their dog is not real and that they stole it from a Disney ride. <laughs> well, they stole the dog from the Pirates of the Caribbean She does actually ride. look like that dog, kind of. Yeah, she kind of looks like the dog from the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, which... <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's all I did. How about, how about you guys? Like, What have you all been up to? 
Well, I mean, it's a pretty good segue uh, talking about our animatronic dog that we saw from Disney World, okay. specifically the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, because we were actually in Disney World, Jen, uh, Jen and I. Uh, we, we went down uh, for our anniversary. and, and sp- Well, we went down to see his family. Yes, we did that too. But while we were down, they're so close to Orlando, might as well make a trip to the park. So we had a great. great time. I think we should specifically talk about the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, if we start talking about Disney in general, like the whole episode, the whole episode, be about that, so. we should probably make a Disney World episode. I would have so much point. to say, actually. Um, yes, because there's so much to talk about with you know just the culture around Disney World. You can go into uh, the food that you eat, the different rides that are uh, in each of the different parks. What are your favorite parks? You know, different types of things that you can do or collect or see. So. Yeah, it is a culture it's of its, a, it's own. It's a, like, it's a complete culture. culture. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was walk- I was thinking too when we were going through the Pirates ride, just because like the first time Dakota and I ever went to Disney World together, he was like, "I love the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. I love the smell of it." And I was like, "That's weird." And then when I went onto the ride, I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> you that know what I'm makes talking sense. about, Anthony, right? Like everyone that knows water. Th- everyone that water. knows what the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> smell is. No, well, they actually like put like scented. Like each room is scented slightly differently. Yeah, like you can. Yeah, that, you can like smell it. Like they put aromas. That's and they like did it with the Pandora the... ride as well. Right. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, like the really Pandora cool. ride smells like flowers. Like when you see the flowers, that's the, why they the have like, passage. they put like the smell of gun smoke in the air and like the, the battle scenes or just like sea smells and stuff. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not just like the like dirty <laughs> ride water. It's yeah, like, no, it's, it's like actually, actual perfumes. It's, it's heavily filtered water actually in the Pirates ride. Believe it Although not. just to be assured, there is that dirty ride water smell when, when you're waiting yeah. in line. When you get closer to the ride. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like all greedy smelling. It, it's it's the uh, I think it's the the platform and like the actual boats themselves that stink because they know, like a stink covered in water. But um, yeah, I mean that's the fact the the fact that Disney created a movie series like a franchise and a very profitable franchise off of a ride that you know first originated in Disneyland and then they brought to Disney World, which wasn't an IP in and of itself. It was just a thing that they put into uh, Adventureland and made something so spectacular, like Mm story-wise. Adapting it to film is so cool, in my opinion. We were actually reading a bit about it, um, like when it came to the Orlando park as opposed to L.A., I thought it was really funny because I guess I guess from what I've read, I haven't been to the California Disneyland, but that ride is quite a bit bigger. And like, I guess the parks decided not to spend as much money on the one in Orlando, which is all right. But the reason is hilarious. They said because Orlando is so close to the Caribbean, they were worried people wouldn't care. <laughs> like... What does that mean? But that doesn't even like when I heard that it made me laugh because I was born in Miami. Anthony, you're born. You were. You live in Homestead. It's hilarious because it's not like nobody's pirates down there. I mean, no. (laughs) It's like oh, they're all already pirates. They won't care. It's like like some Disney exec at some point was just like, I don't know. Maybe they're already pirates. Maybe we shouldn't invest too much money into this ride. (laughs) Like, what does that mean? No sense. I mean, what. Everybody knows that that down here in Miami, we're all pirates. Why would I go to a pirate's ride when I could just 
hop onto my pirate ship that I have in my backyard. <laughs> and, and, exactly. And drive down the canal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, down the canal. And just fire <laughs> off my and just fire off my cannons into like people's houses. Yeah. Shoot alligators. <laughs> uh, <laughs> For real. I know like, Captain Hook style. But even like based on like Disney fans, like I don't know. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but from the little like I've only been into Disney for a couple of years now. But like on Reddit and Twitter and stuff, like any changes, they don't seem to react well. So I'm curious to know like how they would have reacted to the fact that their beloved ride was now getting a film series of its own. Like I wonder if they would have been like excited or if they would have been like they're gonna ruin this. You know, they're gonna uh, change the whole ride with new animatronics. Oh, I don't know. Because they're also doing that with Jungle Book now. Or, Jungle Book. Jungle Cruise. Yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt and The Rock are going to be skippers on the the cruise line. So, I'm I'm excited about that, too. Look, if they can make a a movie that is, like, as good as Pirates of the Caribbean with another, like, fantastic Disney ride, that's that's in my ballpark. I'm so so excited for that. That's nice. Yeah, I'm (laughs) going to watch that for sure. And the next time I go on to, Why should be amazing? and the the next time I go on to Jungle Cruise, I'm gonna want the same experience that they have in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're already like changing the animatronics and stuff like that. And if people are kind of like, I guess with this, so they're changing all of the ride before the movie even comes out. Which is why people are upset. But with Pirates, it was the same exact ride, and then they change stuff later. They change the ride like. Six or seven years after the movie. Yeah, so yeah. that's true. It's a bit different. The pirates ride really needs to like update their like Barbosa and like the the cruise, like the you know like in the the, the like cruise ad um, Rigetti and Pencil. Wait, do they have a Barbosa? Yeah, there is a Barbosa. Oh yeah 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 no you're right you're right in the in the initial part where they're shooting, uh, cannon fire. I like the red right when they're shooting cannon fire um, in Port Royal. They got the um, the captain on the ship uh, that's uh, like yelling out that. orders. That's Barbosa. You're right. You're right. I totally forgot. They need to like update that Barbosa because I mean, in the movies, my boy is he's awesome. Yeah, he's really cool. Yeah, it was almost like an afterthought, but I mean, it's cool. It's cool that they have put those characters in. What's the uh, the the, the the chicken the red dress uh, that's in the ride. I think it's like, like Scarlet. Scarlet. Uh, she's a new character that they added to the like a new animatronic that they added to the ride. Um, she's really cool. Relatively recently, because I don't always remember her being in it from like when I was a kid. But uh, yeah, she's a cool character. If I, I'd like to see her in potential future movies with pirates. So uh, we we enjoyed our time in Disney World. Uh, enjoyed time visiting family. We visited Dakota's great-grandparents that are, like, super old and super cute. I love them so much. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're 95. Can't believe they're still walking about and talking pretty normally. I, I'm, You know, it's, it's a, it is a blessing. So I'm, I'm really happy about that, that I, I'm, I'm still yeah, able awesome. to have that relationship. So, mm-hmm. But other than that, we've been watching a lot of... Frozen. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, we've been watching a lot of Disney movies and stuff, uh, and one of those uh, things, including Raya and the Last Dragon, Anthony, you watched that too? Yes. Oh, yeah, um, since our last recording, uh, Dakota and I and Jen, we, we all got to, like, hang out with each other. That was awesome. And, yeah, it was really yeah, nice. Yeah, we got to watch uh, Raya together. Anthony hadn't seen it. Yes, Pro- Project Ecology in one room. <laughs> 
finally. <laughs> At long last. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was good. And then, yeah, so one of the rides that we went on in Disney World was the Frozen... Ever After. Was it Frozen Ever After? I don't know. Is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? I don't know. There's a ride in Epcot uh, in the Norway Pavilion. That was that cool. Is Yeah, that was actually pretty good. It was, you know... Frozen, I mean, it's, yeah, it's thing. not like it like super riveting because it's for kids, obviously, but it's just super cute. Like you go like backwards, and there's a lot of snow down a waterfall, and you you know there's a giant like ice creature thing that she makes in the first movie. So it's it's actually a pretty cool little ride, and it got me thinking like I gotta give Frozen another chance because I we watched it ye- a couple years ago at this point, and we did a review on Geek Critique where we kind of just like. I was just bummed out because I felt like I felt like the the song was what was popular and then everybody was hyping it up but then you had movies like Tangled that are freaking amazing and nobody was showing Tangled as much love as they did with Frozen. Right. But then when Frozen 2 came out I was like that's really really good and I cried and I loved it. Yeah Frozen 2 I feel makes Frozen 1 better and Mm -hmm. this past week was the first time I had rewatched Frozen since seeing Frozen 2 and I was like amazed by how much better Frozen 1 is with some of the answers that are like included in Frozen 2. So I watched those two movies, ended up going down this huge Frozen rabbit hole. Um, (laughs) When Dakota goes down a rabbit hole, it's like something that Alice wouldn't even dream of doing. Like it's beyond... (laughs) <laughs> your wildest imaginations like so we watched this past week we watched both movies well we didn't we never finished the second one the second time but frozen one we watched twice frozen two we've watched one and a half times he's read two books he's watched all of the like special ed- edition things that the, they have on the, disney the Plus. animated shorts he watched like a documentary you watched a documentary on it i started it yeah yeah look at it look at this guy go yeah, so I'm potentially making a Frozen timeline video, and... No my gosh. It's challenging, because the timeline is a little messy. But, anyway, so that's what we've been up to. It's pr- we've, we've probably all done a lot more than that. Played a lot more games, watched a lot more TV and movies and stuff. But, uh, we should get into our actual discussion of Pirates of the Caribbean. Jen, start us off. A sea shanty is being sung. It's bad luck. It brings pirates. We see Elizabeth Swan and the guy who's been grooming her for a really long time. Yeah, creep. What the hell? (laughs) We see not Orlando Bloom, but his younger version. Floating on up. Yeah. (laughs) Bootstrap (laughs) Bill Turner's son. son. Uh, We don't know that's him, but... Man overboard. Yeah, man overboard. They bring him on. He's got a pirate medallion on his Elizabeth neck. Swan, he, she just heard that pirates get hung. You know, at her young age, she wants to protect him. She takes the medallion. Hung at the galley, yeah. But I don't think you need a play-by-play. No, Felicity's we don't need... probably watch the movie. We don't need a play-by-play. But um, I do like the opening very much because it sets the the entire mood of the movie mm-hmm. you know you get the yeah. you get some of the main characters and mr instantly. gibbs is there too which is like kind of random well i mean it's in character because or it, it, it it's actually really good that mr gibbs is in that first scene because it shows that that character type that um you know you can be that you could be a merchant, you can be a, a soldier, a, a naval officer, but if you're if you go down in your luck, if you start becoming a drunkard or whatever, it's so easy to fall into the life of a pirate. But he was already a pirate because he was already knowledgeable about pirates. 
I don't think he was. Oh, uh, he hadn't been a pirate I don't think at he was. all yet? I mean, uh, maybe he had done a little bit of it, a but... A uh, little pirateering. Um, but no, I don't think he was, because um, being a ship cap, or I don't know if he was a captain uh, at the time, but being a, a deckhand and everything, being on the sea, he would know all the legends of... Old. Of pirates and the Black Pearl and stuff like that. That's true. And pirate sea shanties, like... Yo-ho, yo-ho, Pirate's Life for me. Yes. Um, <laughs> that song is bad luck. You can <laughs> sing it outside. <laughs> Side note, the, that song, um, when you're going through the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, my favorite part as a kid is still my favorite part as an adult. Um, it's when you go under the bridge and that guy's like, he's got like a, a barrel of, you. I assume it's rum, <laughs> and his dirty feet are like just dangling above you, like uh, swaying one way or the other. I, I thought that was the grossest thing as a kid, like having feet that are that dirty. But it's still like so funny to me that they haven't changed that. Dude, I thought I was the only one that thought that. I like, I remember like every time I go on that ride. <laughs> And like I see that guy's feet, I'm like, that's disgusting. I hope this guy does not follow me with those disgusting feet. That stupid animatronic. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> that dirty pirate animatronic. Well, what's funny um, about that is, as a kid, you don't think about um, them being animatronics. You just think about them like swaying to and fro, like in like in in the same spot, like. Uh, you, you don't realize as a kid that they're locked down. So it's very feasible that that guy could fall on you because he's clearly drunk. <laughs> so it's it's cool. it's funny. But uh, yeah, so the beginning of the movie, I think it's a pretty good opening because it uh, kind of gives that creepy, mysterious, and dark mood uh, that sets the tone for the rest of the movie. Um, specifically introducing Elizabeth Swan as someone who is particularly curious about uh, pirates and the pirate code and pirate legend and Will Turner who seems to uh, I, I, he doesn't really say all that much in the first uh, part of the movie because he's uh, unconscious like for breath. he's unconscious for the most part um, but uh, it, it explains his past a little bit, but also gives us quite a bit of intrigue there as well. And then we, we jump a couple years forward to the, the day that she is proposed to. Mm-hmm. I, what I like, and I think this is interesting, is and something that I noticed throughout the entire film, is that there's like kind of this like serendipity or maybe just sheer luck. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's like the whole world that they're in, like clearly there is some kind of um, like superstition. Like superstition is very much real. Like you all, like everybody knows like sailors and pirates, all of them are so superstitious. But I just thought it was like the weirdest thing that it just so happens that the morning that Elizabeth is going to fall into the water, she decides to put the medallion on. A medallion mm. that's like underneath a drawer, super dusty. She hasn't touched it this whole time. You know, for the most part, like you see how dirty it is. And then she decides to put it on that day because she's thinking about Will Turner. Turner, And that's mm -hmm. when she gets proposed to and falls into the ocean, starting the whole plot. It's like clearly, I don't know, it's almost felt like this is like, this was all destined to happen. Yeah, I, I like where you're, you're going with that because especially the idea of the entire lot of them being a superstitious uh, people, you know, being around people in the Caribbean growing up and knowing some of the culture uh, from some of the islands, superstition is super heavy. 
in the Caribbean. So I can only imagine during pirate times when there was, you know, active uh, like shipwrecks and, you know, lawlessness that superstitions would be heightened um, in, in that time period. So that kind of plays on that. Whether or not she is superstitious, I don't think that is necessarily the case in this movie. But um, it was interesting that it was because she put the medallion on that set in motion the rest of the plot. Mm-hmm. It was literally just her thinking about Will. And I feel like the whole story is about her and Will. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's about so many other things, but if it weren't for the fact that those two characters had chemistry, the rest of the plot wouldn't really have happened because she cut, probably would have just like thrown med- the medallion out or something like that, you know? Yeah. And she's always had an interest in pirates, so it's almost like that was her calling. Like, that's what she was supposed to be and do. Do you think that the corset that she was wearing was actually so tight that she was losing the ability to breathe? Or was there something else going on? Like, was she actually just so shocked by James Norrington proposing to her? I, I thought that, like, that actually used to happen. Like, women used to faint pretty... Like, you know, that's kind of like a trope that women faint. I feel like corsets used to make it easier to faint. But I also kind of thought because they didn't... that was like the first corset in their part of town it was from london or whatever that they didn't know that they couldn't tie it so tightly possibly but i feel like that's something i should have researched and i hadn't really thought about it well i mean i I don't think that these movies were super um historically historically accurate with their costumage but uh yeah, yeah you get some of that um she just doesn't seem like the type of girl who and that's like kind of a joke that later on she pretends to faint like she doesn't seem like the type of girl who would faint at like an awkward situation that's true yeah because she that's what makes me think it's the corset several times throughout the movie she is put into situations that are arguably well yeah, way, worse. way worse and she's like oh crap yeah and she, <laughs> but she handles it she takes them in stride i mean as as in stride as you can with a, a deck full of skeletons but um yeah so anthony what are what are your favorite parts about the beginning of the movie well, before I get into that, I'm going to backtrack a few of our, our episodes all the way to The Phantom Menace. Uh, Kara Knightley, that plays Elizabeth Swan, is actually in The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. She plays Sabe, one of... Um, Padme's handmaidens. Yeah, one, one of uh, Padme's yeah, handmaidens slash like, decoys. So I thought that... Uh, like you know looking back on that I thought that was a cool like little uh, crossover right there I think um, that was one of her first uh, roles actually uh, Kira Knightley which I yeah. think is interesting now watching it because when I watched The Phantom Menace like I instantly recognized Kira Knightley yeah. and I know like I saw that when I was much older so I knew who Kira Knightley was and I was like is that Kira Knightley <laughs> like what is happening? Where she was supposed to be just like a decoy girl that nobody noticed. She's really funny. She she broke out in pirates. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, the, if the Phantom Menace came out today, if we as adults would have been as fooled as we were when we were kids that Padme was actually the queen. And you guys it, were actually fooled by that. Okay, so yeah, you're actually a good case study because yeah, yeah as, as kids I we don't that that recognize. Was, but I knew, but I already knew that the role was what's her name? Kira Knightley and uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Yeah. So I, I was like, those, that's Natalie Portman. I, I mean, as as kids, I didn't know any of these actors or actresses. So yeah, yeah, another, another. It's because of I, all the actors, like 
ended up being pretty big that I was just able to know, okay, that's Natalie Portman, obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was fooled. Back, um, back to uh, Pirates. This is also the introduction of possibly the worst, possibly the best pirate that they've ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's up for debate. It's up. For, it's a pen, It's you know. It's in the eye of the beholder. Um, right. Right. And then um, I mean, and we're also introduced uh, before then um, to an older Will Turner, which is played by Orlando Bloom. And that was a that was a time where you saw Orlando Bloom in like everything. Yeah, this was uh, 2003. So this was the year that Return of the King had come out. So he had uh, previously before this film had come out, he had already been in two pretty major um, Lord of the Rings movies, and his his stardom was really shooting up at this point because right. everyone loves Legolas. Mm-hmm. I know I do. I know you do. <laughs> um, we don't get a lot on Will Turner, but you understand pretty early on that Elizabeth Swan is pretty infatuated with him. She doesn't seem to have any mind to, you know, even think about what's his name, James Norrington. Poor guy. But um, whenever she and Will Turner are in the same room. There's just this tension in the air, like you can feel it, like they know each other from when they were kids, but they clearly both have crushes on each other. Yeah, and I like when she's like, how many times have I told you to call me Elizabeth? And he's like, always one more time or something like that. Yeah. It's just so cute. At least once more. Yeah. At least once more. Yeah, there's some really good lines in this movie. If only, you know, they're, they're very movie lines, like you can't really say that in real life, but it's well written. And the story doesn't really get old, which I, I'm really happy about. He sells that speak so well because, and I feel that uh, being in Lord of the Rings helped him out a lot because that kind of old and that like old English type of speaking uh, was used a lot in those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he had the, um, like a certain poise that I think he brought. Uh, not directly from his character of Legolas, but a little bit of like... Um, it was an influence. A little, a little of the uh, stoicness of Legolas he brought to the character of Will Turner. So that that was really cool. I, I would say the main character of the movie. Um, although I don't think he's actually the main character of the movie, but like he's the character everyone remembers is uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. He has, uh, in each of the Pirates movies, he, his entrance is increasingly more ridiculous <laughs> yes but it's so fitting for the character i know it's it's so <laughs> good it's so funny uh anthony why don't you talk a little bit about that oh man his entrance into <laughs> into the the harbor of uh, port royal is less than spectacular i mean he's coming in on and and it's not it's not like a huge ship or anything it's a small boat but he's coming in and this boat is sinking yeah as he's coming into the port and um it's hilarious because he's just like he's like where like the crow's nest would be and he's just like standing there he's got this 
like heroic like look going on while the ship is like sinking and the camera's panning out and you're realizing like oh the ship is going down but it's like (laughs) he lands so perfectly on the harbor it's so funny it it is so funny that yeah it it like sinks perfectly to the level where he needs to step off yeah and that's kind of again that like luck and serendipity that's like it just happens like things just work out for him you know (laughs) Well, I mean, that's Captain Jack Sparrow. Like, it's he's he's probably the most unlucky and lucky person in one pirate. You know, um, I know everything really? that could it, go it, wrong does go wrong, but everything that could fix the problem does fix the problem. It, yeah, I know his character has such a weird balance when it comes to like fortune and uh unluckiness yeah it's so crazy but i i I love this is like one of the reasons why his character is so memorable is the mannerisms and i love that um after he steps onto the uh onto the the dock uh the the harbor master is like oh that it's like three or like two shillings to like tie up the dock and he needs his name and then jack looks back at the boat but like the way he does it it's kind of like he's like like you know what i'm talking about like the way his eyes are always in the process of focusing it's yeah it's almost like he's like perpetual sea legs but not just in his legs but like in like all of his bodily movements well, he actually, like, I think that I read somewhere that he um, watched Keith Richards when he was studying. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp yeah, yeah, Johnny Depp watched Keith Richards when he was, like, studying for the for the role, which if you've ever, like, seen him in, like, interviews and stuff, it really does fit. That would that Just would a lot sense. of drugs. It's yeah. a lot of drugs <laughs> to get that way. But let me tell you, this is probably... I, I have to say that this... And maybe um, Edward Scissorhands are my favorite uh, Johnny Depp roles. But I think that this is his most memorable mm-hmm. in terms of just nobody, nobody could have done this except for Johnny Depp. I know. It's just, it's weird because I, I could not, I cannot picture Jack Sparrow any other way and anybody else in that role. Like, it's hard to picture anybody being able to like live up to that and it's just it 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 really is hilarious because he does have this he's both graceful and ungraceful at the same time it's weird it kind of it's like how he has that weird balance with lucky and unlucky like he could be like a real smooth talker or he can kind of like put his foot in his mouth sometimes Mm-hmm. And sometimes um, it's the same, like, he, <laughs> it's it's in the same conversation, you know? I know, seriously. But it, it's, it really is, like, fantastic. And how is it that he gets caught? Well, he goes in to save Elizabeth. Yeah, so when Elizabeth jumps or falls into the water, a few things happen that kind of set in motion the rest of the film. Um, and that's what I love about this movie so much, actually, is the, the fact that it's always moving. You know, every action um, is followed by the rest of the movie. You know, everything and every character development links so well to each other. So the fact that she falls into the water with the medallion lets out this like pulse that lets the Black Pearl know 
this is where the last medallion is, uh, the 882nd uh, piece of Cortez that they're looking for. And it's in this moment that Johnny Depp's character, Jack Sparrow, realizes that nobody else is going to save Elizabeth Swan, who's like drowning in the ocean. So he jumps in and saves her. But in so doing, the uh, Commodore, he, he realizes that Jack Sparrow is indeed a pirate, and they have a very strict no-pirate rule, and any pirates that are caught are hanged in Port Royal. So that kind of just sets in motion that whole thing. Yeah. I think that part's so interesting because one thing that I love is when you watch the full movie and then you go back and rewatch it, when he's pulling in on that ship, that ship is Zoe Saldana's character ship that he yeah. just sunk, that he borrowed from her. And he doesn't care, right? He doesn't care at all. He's just like, this is where I'm going. And he's just moving forward. <laughs> and then when you see, you know, when you see Elizabeth Swan fall, you're like, okay, this guy's a true neutral character. He doesn't give a crap. But then he goes and saves someone else, even though it doesn't seem like it's going to benefit him at all. And that's what I think is so interesting because that's kind of a, an argument that goes on throughout the whole trilogy. It's like, is Jack Sparrow a good man? And they say that at the end of the movie, he's a good man, but it's like, he's also kind of neutral. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you're trying to find his alignment the whole movie, or maybe I've just been playing too much Dungeons and Dragons, but. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, way to pull out the, the Dungeons and Dragons. All right. If you were to put what kind of, uh, what, like what, what kind of like characteristic he is, what would you say? Like, is he, like, like his alignment? lawful, chaotic, lawful, neutral? I think chaotic, neutral. That's what I would say. But then it, for some reason, when it comes to, like, Elizabeth and then later Will Turner, I feel like he, like, feels inclined. Like, he likes them maybe, or something. Maybe chaotic good, actually. That, um, that's what's, I think that's what's interesting is they keep calling him a good man, but then you see that he's really, for the most part, neutral. But yeah, then I wonder if it's, good. like... I would say that's actually probably a little more accurate. I don't know. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of times he just screws over other people and doesn't really care, too. But I think in in the respect of being a pirate, when it comes to material possessions, he will always revert to thievery. So yeah. uh, when it comes to saving people and doing the right thing, I guess, uh, for someone else's livelihood, I feel like Jack Sparrow is inclined to do the right thing. But when it comes to, you know, paying off debts, um, uh, accounting for one's uh, mistakes or sins, <laughs> bringing a boat back to <laughs> Zoe Saldana's character, I don't think he cares, you know? He, he's 100% he's live-in-the-moment type guy. Once it's over, let's move on, love. But then I also wonder if him jumping in to save Elizabeth was also part of that fate. You know, because that connects their stories. And it's like, why did she put on the medallion that morning? Then he jumps in after her. You see, like, these people doing things that they normally might not do. And I wonder if that's part of the, like, you know, um, superstition of it all. It's like all this was, like, supposed to happen in the movie. That's interesting. It's a theory. It's a running theory. Let's, let's keep talking and I'll try to keep connecting stuff to it. Yeah, make a make a video essay about it or something. <laughs> there you go. Um, I do like that moment before he saves Elizabeth. Where he's having that conversation with those two guards, <laughs> and yeah. then they then they like have a conversation with each other, because they're like guarding that ship, and then uh, 
he like just like walks onto the ship mm -hmm. while they're talking to each other and he's just like over by the um the wheel and uh like he you know he's just like messing around and they go to like stop him and then they like go back into like a conversation and i love in the conversation like they where just they're like what are you doing and don't lie to us and he's like well i'm here to commandeer a ship and they're like we told you not to lie and then and then that's when yeah that's when they start getting into that conversation where where they're like oh well he might have been telling the truth <laughs> there's um, a lot of there's a lot of uh that in this movie where like he will literally tell the the whole truth but it's so ridiculous that nobody believes him and it's again perfectly in character for jack sparrow so i think it is like to just like if you do anything with enough enough like nerve and confidence i know when i was at one of my last college i was like inspired by jack sparrow and there was like a parking lot at my college that was like like they would like close the parking lots but you would see spots were open but they would have a security attendant there like standing there blocking it so like other like you had to go park in this like really far off lot and i remember one time i just pulled up in my car and just waved to the security guard as i went in and he just waved back and then i just went and parked and i didn't belong there i had no reason to be there but i just kind of thought to myself like let's jack sparrow and see what happens and it worked you are literally a pirate who has been to the caribbean <laughs> i've been to miami guys <laughs> um what do, what do you call it yeah if they would have said anything you should have just been like i'm not the droid that you're looking for <laughs> they're like your jedi mind tricks don't work on me <laughs> so it's in this next few scenes that jack is thrown into prison because he's a pirate then you have the doggy yes okay. yeah from the ride okay so that's another uh, a great callback to the ride unfortunately like later in the films there's less callbacks to the rides but in the first movie there's a, there's quite a few yeah. i mean they like got yeah, all the there's a lot. Ones. i know so in the pirates of the caribbean ride if you haven't ever been on it there's a scene where you're in the boat and you're driving or you're, you're riding past um a bunch of jail cells and there's three there's three people whistling at a dog who has keys in its mouth. Why they gave the dog the keys? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no explanation for that. There's no explanation. Why not just hang it on the wall? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's That's kind a of perfect explanation. Exactly. Maybe the dog would actually like run away if he tried to approach it or something. I don't know. I don't know. But they, they included that in uh, this movie, which is always one of like whenever that scene shows up on the movie, I'm just like, I remember that. That's nice. And I get, I get like a nice smile on my face. But It's just so cute. This is also when the Black Pearl attacks uh, Port Royal. And they're in search of the last medallion, the Aztec coin or the piece of Cortez that they need to break the curse um, of the Black Pearl. And for whatever reason, they're drawn to Elizabeth Swan's room. Like they, they somehow know, or at least actually, I don't know that they know because I think it's only just raiding the whole. House. They they might be raiding the whole village because they yeah, they are people going through the whole village. That, you're right, you're right. So it's only just the two guys. What what are their names, Anthony? You you mentioned them earlier. Uh, Pintel and Rigetti. Oh, Pintel nice. and Rigetti. Yeah. I did not know their names to be honest. Yeah. I've been watching this movie for like ages. Uh, <laughs> Wait, which one's Pintel yeah. and which one's Rigetti? Which one's missing an eye? I got the uh, Pintel. Right. That's Pintel. Rigetti is um no. the, like 
Mackenzie Crook, the one with the the one who loses his eyes, Rigetti. Oh, Rigetti, that's right. Oh, and then the other guy. Yeah. That's cool that you knew their names, Anthony. That is cool. Lee Aaron um, is pent up. And uh, yeah, that that combo right there, I, I like them. They're pretty funny. Yeah, they have a weird like romance that like the rest of the uh, the, the crew on the Black Pearl is just like, ugh. <laughs> you know, like I know, and, and it stays like that through the entire mm-hmm. yeah entire uh, series. Yeah, it's pretty good. But anyway, yeah. So they're they're rating throughout the entire the entirety of uh, Port Royal. You start getting glimpses of the fact that they can't die because they keep coming back. You know, like like the scene will cut to another scene and like it's the same pirate showing up again. And you have uh, characters like uh, Will Turner, like looking at them, like confused, like I thought I finished you already. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I killed you last time. Yeah. Anyway, so they 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 steal <laughs> Elizabeth Swan. If you finish one twice, does it count as two? Lord of the Rings joke it went over my head for a little bit. Um, good, when good. when Gid, when Gimli and Legolas were counting their their kills, <laughs> their, their kills. he's like. Does that count as one? <laughs> if I kill him again, does it count as two? What do I tell Gimli? Yeah. Oh man. And um, um uh, that that would have been like that would actually have been funny. Like as he's like fighting these pirates, he just starts counting. <laughs> I, I wonder. I wonder what they would have done with uh, Elizabeth Swan's character had she not say said uh, parlay. Like, would they have brought her on the ship? Would they have? Uh, like we all know what they were going to do. <laughs> like, yeah. Dear God. The uh, Yo Ho Yo Ho song does say we pillage and ravage. Uh, so. Yep. Anyway. Um, and even too, like, in, that... not to keep bringing it back to the ride, but I think at, at the beginning it was like a man chasing a woman through the house, but then they changed it where they, they switched the roles where it's a woman holding a broom chasing the pirate away. Oh, in the, in the actual ride, yeah. Yeah, and the ride just to make it less, you know, less, offensive uh, and rapey. Yeah. Man. So yeah, it's a good thing egg. she knew the word parlay. What'd you say, Anthony? Really bad eggs. <laughs> 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 I love that part of the movie. <laughs> really bad eggs! <laughs> <laughs> what? That's Jack. what Jack's face is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> On the beach. Really bad eggs. <laughs> and like falls back. <laughs> uh, oh man, Johnny Depp as as Jack Sparrow. I mean, like think thinking about it, like I don't know what this movie would be like if Jack Sparrow did not exist. Right, yeah. Or if he was played by, like, even other good actors, like Keanu Reeves Even if they didn't have Jack Sparrow in this movie, I think it would still be a fun movie, but it would not be memorable. It wouldn't have been as iconic. Yeah, it wouldn't have been the sensation that it is. um, Because... Right. You can... I, I can picture a story where it's Will Turner chasing down some pirates, and I feel like it would have been a cool, you know, like, coming of coming to terms with who you really are story, which it kind of is still, but having the comic relief also be the cool guy in the movie is okay, pretty cool. Okay, but what if Jack Sparrow was cast with John Goodman? <laughs> I I don't even know. Uh, I'm just trying to think of other actors, and it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe? 
But even then, like, it no, wouldn't have been the same. Be, it needs to be a... I think it needs to be, like, a thinner guy, John Goodman. But still, I mean, yeah. John Goodman would... He's really good. He would be really funny. He'd be more... I think John Goodman would have been scarier. Yeah. He would have been really scary. He would have been a great Barbosa. Yeah, he would have been a really good Barbosa. Not that yeah, we man. need a, another yeah, Barbosa. Yeah, really Jeffrey good. Rush did a fantastic job as Barbosa. Let's talk yeah. about the pirates on the the Black Pearl because, you know... Yes. Elizabeth Je- Swan uh, is stolen. Jeffrey Rush, man. Man, that Barbosa... Uh, he did fantastic as, as Barbosa. The scene where he's, like, offering her the food. And yeah. And then he gives her the apple and it's like... I like that classic Disney reference too. Yeah, right. Uh, not very uh, Snow White. Now, now mm. taste the apple, and it's like a perfectly red, luscious apple. And y- you know, knowing fairy tale logic, knowing Disney movies, and having that self-referential like moment is so good because you have it like in the pit of your stomach, like something's wrong with the apple. Mm-hmm. And she notices it too. She thinks- and he's he's calling her like stupid and innocent with that. Right. You know, it's like you're on our ship. You used a word that you hardly knew. You're out here in the middle of the ocean. If, and then he says, "If he were to kill me, what would you do then?" Like, I'm genuinely curious. What are your next steps here? Yeah, you know, it's where are you like she's. Go? You're in the middle of the. It's ocean. like she has pure gumption, and that keeps her going. But she's not. She's not thinking like a pirate just yet. No. You know. She's too naive to make it out alive, all by herself. Or, like, to, to finish the story all by herself. Maybe she could keep herself alive. I, I mean, they, they clearly needed her. Uh, well, she does. I think she tricks them all with the coin and stuff like that. So I think she's, like, he's, like, it's almost like a pirate training moment. That's that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, and, and I do love, sorry, I know you want to talk about, like, the other pirates, but I do love the, like, the female characters in this film series. Like, all, you know, the actresses ended up becoming really big. Like, even Zoe Saldana, Saldana's character. Like, they didn't sexualize her at all. She was just a freaking pirate, and she was awesome. And she was the captain of her own ship. Yeah. And And it wasn't, like, feminism that was, like, thrown in your face. They're just genuinely cool characters, and you just love them. I think when I was a kid, I just... That's what I loved about Elizabeth Swan so much, was that, yeah, she could, like, fall in love and stuff, but still learn how to be a pirate and still fight and be cool. And she had flaws. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the most important part about, like, making a strong female character, is you need to um, make believable character flaws that complement their gumption like you said earlier yeah and then she learns as she goes right and then she learns the ways and then becomes a really bad egg yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she does save her in jack's life in that scene i'm i'm actually like hoping that we do the next movie uh what is it the curse of the black spot no uh davy jones locker what's the second one davy jones something Oh, are you talking about Dead Man's Chest? Dead, Dead Man's, Man's Chest. Chest. Yeah. I hope we continue doing, uh, you know, these pirates re- pirate reviews on Project Ecology in the future. I'll be here for everyone. Oh, yes, for sure. Because Dead Man's Chest might be... My favorite. My favorite it's sequel so to a movie. Like, because... Not Frozen? Not Frozen. No. I, I, Dead Man's Chest took everything good from Pirates of the Caribbean. It made it better. And just pumped up the cgi and pumped up like the legends of pirate myth and and davy jones looked awesome and he's so sad and his musician have you like gone back recently and like checked out like the davy jones cgi it is one of the best uses of cgi ever and it's i know it's it's pretty impressive it's it's like what they did with thanos but you know 15 years earlier yeah and with uh, Davy Jones, it's very detailed because he's got all these 
fish qualities, like the octopus head mm-hmm. and the the crab arm and his like leg, and then yeah, it's really it's really crazy. And um, the, the uh, scene Bill Nye does a really good job. Yeah, I mean, we, we got to get into it like in another episode. But can we do yes, that like yes. soonish? Mm, sure. The 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 scene and the organ when he's playing the organ, his like little uh, his room. And you see, like, the anguish on his face as he's, like, puckering his face and, like, his tentacles are going crazy. Dude, it's so cool what they did with CGI in that movie. Uh, that, that's, that, like, is bar none the best CGI I think they did in that decade. But right, let's get back it, to the movie it, we're talking about. It's pirates. All right? So, all right. So we, we are introduced to the idea of the we're introduced to the idea uh, that the pirates are cursed earlier on but we don't understand why and as you mentioned they introduce like um like food to elizabeth swan and she's you know eating it and uh she's satiating herself and then you start to understand that uh, as you know barbosa's explaining like they haven't been able to sate their thirst or hunger or like physical needs in the amount of time that they've had this curse on them and if you think about that it's actually quite a a terrible fate you know you can never enjoy anything that actually changes the that scene too actually hadn't really thought of that when he's watching her and she's like famished and eating food and feeling satisfied he must have been really jealous. He's he's literally living vicariously through her. She's he's just like, She's just now, like try stuffing her face. now try this. Now try this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's 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 actually a pretty interesting point. Yeah, that was an interesting scene. Yeah, what do um, you think about that one? Like he was like watching her intently while she was scarfing down that food and you know guzzling down that wine. Mm-hmm. Like me. Yeah, Jen has wine. <laughs> I know. Where? What about you, Dakota? Where's your uh, my my your water? Martini? This water's my empty. My water is empty. D- Dakota hasn't uh, had any. He hasn't had any of his uh, podcast uh, cocktails recently. <laughs> yeah, we we haven't made martinis in a bit, but but uh, we're like on low stock. Yeah, we got to get more of the uh, what is it, martini and Rossi yeah. stuff. Anyway. She, Elizabeth Swan, takes a knife, uh, and she, she actually took it earlier in the scene, but now she's feeling threatened by Barbosa, who's starting to take a, a more serious tone with her. And she's, all, she's explaining that she doesn't believe in ghost stories, um, so stop trying to scare her. She's a, she's a grown woman at this point, um, but clearly you can tell she's terrified, mm-hmm. and she's just putting on a front. She ends up stabbing him. And he looks surprised, like he's like, <laughs> like he, he kind of like plays along for a little bit. And she runs out into, uh, but the, that's, the, that's what he says, my favorite line, where it's like, I'm like, I forget how he phrases it, but it's like, so you stabbed me. I'm just, I'm just wondering what you were going to do next. Like he's, he's treating me like a freaking science experiment. Like, yeah. Well, he, she's, she's a hamster in a cage and, um, she she has no idea what's going on, but when she jumps out into the um, when she jumps out onto the deck and sees like all the pirates doing you know their pirate duties on deck, but like as skeletons, that's one of like just the the, the movie kind of just shifts into like a more like supernatural 
uh, story of you know pirate curses and that's when Barbosa does the the line that I said at the beginning of this. You best start <laughs> believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. It's so epic. Yeah, it's it's. You can't tell me that you don't remember that feeling in the theater. You can't tell me that you don't remember that where he reaches out his hand. That was freaking terrifying. Yeah. And then he yeah. and then he drinks he drinks the wine, and like she she like runs runs away scared and <laughs> the the wine's just dribbling through his skeleton, and then like <laughs> after she leaves he just starts like ah <laughs> like he got the best kick out of that like that was his that was his entire plan the entire time is just to to get a good scare out of her. So I feel like you can dissect every scene of this film like as if it was like a book. Yeah. Like, they're that interesting and in that there's so much going on in each one. And there's there's levels to the story writing. Like, we didn't talk about how deceptive uh, Jack Sparrow was when, like, choosing which, sip, wh- which ship to get onto, which would help him get mm-hmm. onto another ship, which would help him get to the Black Pearl. Well, I think technically that hasn't yeah. happened yet. Will, Will ends up uh, saving Jack from the jail because... He knows Jack had known about the Black Pearl, and so yeah, they they joined forces, and it's oh well, like way before. Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're out of shame, dude. This <laughs> You're so out of shame. <laughs> this just in Dakota falls over during podcast episode. To go to lean uh, back and couldn't. Yeah, get up. I, I laid back and I I couldn't get up. All right, continue, Anthony, my man. But yeah, uh, what we didn't mention was that in earlier in the movie, Jack Sparrow and um, Jack Sparrow gets caught. Like he gets caught, but he attempts to run away. And during uh, him running away, he gets into a sword fight with Will. Yeah, and and he also like kind of like holds up Elizabeth Swan um, as like he, he like uses her as a shield to get away for a little bit. Which kind right. of like goes against what he just did in saving her life, but I think he's just an opportunist. Yeah, essentially, him and Jack Sparrow and Will they get into a sword fight, to which Will's boss, which is the blacksmith, happens to wake up from his uh, drunken slumber and smashes Jack Sparrow over the head, knocking him out, and then takes credit for you know beating, <laughs> beating yeah. Jack. So yeah, we we had to like talk about that. That's how Will and and Jack Sparrow kind of like knew each other, to where Will saves Jack from the jail, and yeah, they they join forces. And yeah, I love that sequence to where they go to that really big ship called the Dauntless, and I love it when they actually get onto the ship, and. <laughs> It's like Jack runs down. Like he's like, all right, he's like, all right, nobody move. We're taking <laughs> over this ship. But like the way he runs down the the stairs, like with his like hands up, I like the way he runs and his like movement mannerisms. It just makes everything just this simple thing as walking look hilarious. It's almost not fair for the rest of the cast because he steals literally every scene he's in. It's also, exactly. He try to act super masculine, which is right. funny because I feel like, well, I guess in like even like Peter Pan, they describe Hook as being like kind of feminine. But like you're describing, his arms being up is almost kind of like a feminine run, right? Like 
it's a certain swagger that is that I know I wouldn't call masculine but I also wouldn't call it feminine I just think it's awkward and it's weird and it's so quirky that it's just Jack Sparrow yeah, it's very very quirky and it's hilarious like whenever you see it and yeah the, he, there's like alright nobody move we're taking over the ship and then the, the, the crew like just starts laughing and I want to know exactly what happens from that point to that crew like getting kicked out yeah that's true i think they all just kind of left knowing that two people couldn't man that ship so it's like you're not going anywhere so it really doesn't matter right or no right and then and then yeah that you you see them on the uh like that little skiff or like the rowboat and um they uh they're like oh uh will and, and sparrow are taking the ship and then they take the interceptor over and while everybody from the interceptor goes over to the dauntless to find will and and jack they sneak aboard the interceptor and like steal it it was such a clever scene even with jack like he uh, disables the the rudder chain and everything in that moment uh the, one of the one of like the the first mates of the commodore is like that has got to be one of the best pirates yeah. i've ever seen uh right like when uh the commodore earlier says that he's like the worst yeah uh, that he like I beats love, everyone and I, I love that there's a moment like that later in the series where like jack uses a cannon to like launch himself onto the other ship <laughs> well i mean that that scene with the commodore and the other the other guy the Commodore says that twice. He says, that's got to be the worst pirate I've ever seen. And the second time he says it, like, just a minute later, after, like, Jack Sparrow's, like, uh, shown what his true plan was, the other guy's like, that's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. <laughs> and he just, like, shrugs and it's just like, so it seems. Yeah, <laughs> so it seems. And I, I, and I love that they... They do kind of have a, a call back to that in the third movie where, yeah, he uses a cannon to like launch himself onto the Black Pearl. Mm-hmm. One of the, the deckhands says to, uh, I forgot his name. I mean, we'll, we'll talk b- more about it uh, when we actually get to the movie. But I love in that scene where uh, the guy's like, do you think he makes it all? Do you think he uh, plans it out or just makes it up as, as he goes along? And, it, and it's like funny because it makes you really think that it's hard to tell because Jack does plan things out, but sometimes it does feel like he does make stuff up as he goes along. Yeah. Yeah. You know? With that last, in the last scene of the film, he had a lot planned out. Like every, he really did. He really like had it all scene. orchestrated and things just kind of went to his plan. But then other times it's like, you know, there's no way he could have planned out the ship sinking right as he got on the platform. And, and that's why I think he's just lucky. He's like lucky and unlucky at the same time. What I love about Jack's arc throughout the movie is that he has the pistol with one shot in it. And yeah. he's saving it. He knows exactly the moment he wants to take Barbosa out. And it's solely meant for Barbosa, and he, you know, he even like mentions like this: this shot isn't meant for you. This, this, uh, this isn't meant for you. He understands later on what the curse of the medallions brings to people, so he works that into his plan to kill Barbosa. And it's this huge, like, 
it, again, everything is so well written, but like he's three steps ahead of everyone else, even after like being double crossed by Will Turner. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always thought the the bullet was meant for himself. Well, yeah, the the bullet was given to him. Oh, so he could kill himself, but he decided he was going to kill Barbosa. Yeah, he oh, decided right. he was going to get off the island and use that bullet to kill Barbosa. I love him so much. He's such right, a good right. character. Um, and I, I guess, I mean, not that like most of the pirate stories that we know are true. In fact, most of the pirate stories that exist are 100% fiction. It, I, I do believe that that was something that was done to people who were marooned on islands was, you know, <laughs> they're given a bullet to, like, off themselves if uh, <laughs> worse comes to worse or if they so choose. Um, so right. they didn't even have to explain that in the story. You just kind of knew why he had or why he was given that, right, that right. gun and the bullet. But, yeah. So I, I thought it was such a cool thing at the end after he um, manipulated everyone and then finally yeah, removed the curse from everyone he then used that shot to take Barbosa out. So, okay, so let, let's, uh, like, move forward a little bit, because we are, like, an hour and 17 minutes into this recording. Jack and Will, they, they, uh, commandeer the, the Interceptor, and this is where Will finds out that his father was a pirate, and he doesn't accept it at first, um, or he has a hard time accepting that, and go they so they decide to go to tortuga to find a crew and this is where we get uh we we meet up with uh gibbs again yeah where we, we, we spoke we about didn't see earlier. him since Mr. like the gibbs. beginning of the movie the i love that drug. that i love that first exchange that you have with uh gibbs uh well this like second exchange where they like throw water at him to wake him up you know, he, he like, kind of, like, freaks out. They, like, he says, like, hey, you know, we're, we're looking for a crew. And then when when they go to, to, like, get up, Will throws water at him. And Gibbs is like, I'm already awake. And he's like, that was for the smell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, lo- I, I love guys. I can only imagine how bad Tortuga smelled. Oh, my God. And then he just, like, kind of agrees. He's just like. Imagine, okay, if, imagine a people like a, an island of people who were just drunk all the time, didn't fighting. have fighting, uh, like oh my were gosh, all into so... debauchery and like just didn't bathe. It would have smelled I, so bad. One of the my favorite jokes in the movie like happened in there, and it wasn't well, yeah, it was a joke where they they go into that tavern and like everybody's like fighting and going crazy. And he goes to like, have a conversation with uh, with Gibbs, and he he goes up to Will, and he's like, he looks around, he's like, keep a sharp eye out, and like everybody's just there's like absolute chaos like happening around them. <laughs> it's like, what is he even looking for? I know, right? But then he gets like nervous. Yeah, for real, he's just kind of like, I don't know where to start. <laughs> they uh, they do end up with a motley crew. Uh, a literal motley crew of, uh, you know, random people who could be pirates. They could just be normal people who are down on their luck and want to start pirate, like pirating. Uh, you do have like your stereotypical like guy with the parrot. Oh my gosh, I love Cotton though. His name is Cotton. I absolutely love it because when the parrot says something, like I, I think the the parrot said, uh, 
shiver me timbers and then gibbs is just like oh we we just we assume that that means yes yeah <laughs> so let's just translate it and he just goes with it and they're like how did they teach the parrot uh, yeah Nobody right knows. Th- there's like a there's a moment like later in the movie where the parrot says something and then gibbs was like yeah cotton is right the pearl is ours like <laughs> it was just like something like, this is like it was just like something like that had absolutely nothing to do with the situation and like i, I loved it like i, I love that like little humor yeah. right there it was it was just like kind of tossed in there yeah so the the motley crew of pirates is pretty funny this is where they introduce uh zoe saldana to the cast who's so cool yeah and uh up to this point like in tortuga jack sparrow is you know bombarded with you know random prostitutes who are like slapping him across mm-hmm. the face and uh he's 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 in various like um stages of denial stages of denial yeah it's a good way to put it he's just like i didn't deserve that one or i don't think i deserve that one maybe i deserve that one and then <laughs> when zoe saldana uh slaps him i don't think she's necessarily uh that's the next prostitute. scene though yeah i know i know that's what uh, i'm saying yeah, I'm yeah you definitely deserve that one yeah, yeah i definitely deserve that one i like that yeah i just like her character so much like they kind of like have her hidden and then she comes up and it's like you don't even know their relationship at all but it's just like you can just tell it's like she was nice to him and he just totally took advantage and she's like now i just really want my ship back and then too when will offers her that ship and he's like that ship (laughs) (laughs) that one yeah right um he's like oh we're gonna get you a new ship and and, and she's like, oh okay, yeah. And then Will's like, that ship. <laughs> that ship. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it so much. And then and then I love um, Gibbs is like, oh, it, it would be bad luck to bring a woman aboard. And then either like Jack or Will say, it would be bad luck to not, oh, you know, really? to not bring her aboard. Oh, I actually didn't notice that. What what I think is interesting too is like that that kind of starts that superstition is what starts the whole movie off. Like you have Elizabeth Swan on board, and I wonder if Mr. Gibbs said the same thing then. Like you know you can't bring a lady on board, and then this whole like crazy thing happens. Maybe, maybe that's just a superstition that he came up with. Uh, like no, I think that, that was actually like an old pirate superstition. Oh really? That, that one was a real one. Oh, I didn't. Because I I had been researching an Irish pirate, and and that was like a part of it. Like, the pirate queen the pirate queen yeah she was like that molly something or the other yeah there was literally a pirate queen of ireland yeah yeah she's really cool yeah I on can look uh, netflix right they have that documentary ser- what? series oh I, Is I, it, heard that. I didn't know about this well i mean Wait, there's me a more. documentary series on netflix about a woman pirate i don't remember who it was though grace o'malley is the the pirate oh it's o'malley not molly okay you got it uh let me look it up yeah i thought when i was like reading her thing it was like her family were like sea merchants or something and then she wanted to be on but there was like a thing where it was like a bad luck to bring woman on board in in her story i mean clearly i didn't remember her name right so take that with a grain of salt i don't think it is the sea queen might just be like kind of based on her Barbosa and the crew of the Black Pearl, they have Elizabeth and they go to the uh, Isla de Morte or Morta. Is it Morta or Morte? Isla de Morta. Yeah. So um, Island of the Dead. 
Right. And this is where they first attempt to lift the curse because uh, she gives off the false name that uh, that she's Elizabeth Turner. And they all think that she is the daughter of Bootstrap Bill. Bootstrap Bill. Bootstrap Bill Turner. Uh, <laughs> what's so cool about this movie, and I, I always say that, like, this is the cool thing about this movie, but there's a lot of cool things, is the fact that it's so convoluted. Like, there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot of little things. Like, the fact that she calls herself uh, Elizabeth yeah. Turner you makes You think it's, like, a pirates, cute reference, yeah, but it, it's, like, it, a big deal. <laughs> It makes the pirates, like, decide that she's worth keeping to the end, you know? So, uh, and and that, you know, just sparks her being kidnapped and going here and there. So, yeah. So, every little thing, every little decision that they made with the story pushes the narrative forward. And I like that so much about this first Pirates movie. My favorite scene in Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, is when the pirates are walking underwater they realize that the commodore is outside of uh, isla de muerta and they're they're like going to be ambushed so they don't want to remove the curse just yet so jack goes uh he he basically says like go get him or something and like nobody listens to him and but then they listen to barbosa who goes boys Go take a walk, and they literally take a walk underneath the water, and it's like oh, the coolest yeah, Jack- little like slow motion walk ever. Yeah, it was a Jack Jack in that scene. He's like, like everyone to the boats. Yes, that's what he says. Yeah, but yeah, when they're walking underwater, and it's just like the pirates of the pirates of the Caribbean music playing, and like the dun dun dun, that 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 theme is playing and they're turning into skeletons like and when they pass underneath the shadow of the boat they turn into like their normal selves dude it's so cool the way they they did all that i i'm yeah no that was that was a cool scene and that that was uh during the second time around um we missed where uh jack and will they show up with the crew um when they have elizabeth and they they try to lift the curse the first time Oh, well, they, like, discover Jack, and they're like, how'd you get off that island? Like, they're, like, trying to, like, wonder, like, how, like, how do you get get off the island? And, you know, like, they, they take him back to the ship. Will, like, shows up and reveals, like, who he is. And he, like, he strikes up a bargain that the, the uh, Elizabeth goes unhurt, and the crew doesn't, you know, he, <laughs> they don't get harmed either. And they toss Elizabeth and Jack off at that, like, same island that uh, Jack was, like, earlier, you know, that, or, you know like, before the movie Tortuga? starts. Like, way, no, like, Tor- years Tortuga's before. the, uh, the pirate base and, that they go to. And so you find out that he was only on the island for not that long because it, he had, like, this, like, whole legend that he was on the island yeah. forever and that he got these like sea turtles where he like roped together and he said with <laughs> back uh, with his back hair um <laughs> he, they he, goes, found he goes human hair from my back from my <laughs> back <laughs> but yeah you find out that the island is uh is a rum cache that rum runners would use and um 
this is where uh the part where where like uh, elizabeth has like a plan to to get him like really drunk so that she can like burn all the uh the rum to create a a giant uh signal fire and yeah like when he's like really drunk he's just like really bad eggs <laughs> and, like, um yeah because they're singing that song yeah Jager says, I love this song. I'm going to sing it with my whole crew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to teach it to everybody. But then the next oh, yeah, the, day. The, segment, he's just, the next day when he's like, when he realizes what Elizabeth did, making the big, uh, uh, you know, cloud of smoke, he goes, but why is the rum gone? <laughs> <laughs> I know she like burned everything. He's like, you burned all the shade, the food, the rum. Why is the rum gone? I think in his uh, mind, it's like not a bad, you know, death. It's like you, we can just drink ourselves and with this like beautiful girl on this island. It's not the worst thing to happen to right. him, you know? I think he was all right, potentially just like dying there or like waiting for something to work out. <laughs> True. And, and, and he, he even uh, said that uh, he's like, oh, the, the company is better this time. And he's like, the view is better too. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "This isn't as bad." <laughs> but yeah, the so the signal fire does work, and they get saved by the commodore, and Jack kind of like strikes up a deal with the commodore to uh, you know to pretty much get Barbosa and and uh, you know to like stop the Black Pearl because it's like the last remaining pirate threat and. This is where, you know, they go back to the Isla, Isla de Morte the second time. So yeah, they they, uh, they have like this whole plan set out. But this time, uh, Barbosa and the crew, they have Will. And they're gonna, you know, lift the curse. Now finally they have the right person. It's funny because Jack like pops up and Barbosa, like the disbelief on his face is like, this can't be real. And he goes, he's like, he goes, he's like this possible. is impossible. <laughs> and then Jack's just like, it's improbable. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually a line Dakota uses on me all the time. Like, if I say it's impossible, he'll say improbable. And I didn't know he, he was quoting parts of the Caribbean until literally the last time I watched it. I was like, That's I, really I didn't that know that I was quoting parts of the Caribbean. I think that's yeah, just something that, I say. That, that, was, that was hilarious. And Jack has this plan all along. And Will picks up the cues pretty much and starts to go along with it and they sick the the crew onto the uh the british soldiers that are out in the bay an epic clash of immortal beings starts to happen i do like Jack's that that line where barbosa's like so what'll it be jack Two immortals uh, locked in an endless battle. Uh, an Until endless... Judgment Day and the yeah. trumpet sound. Yeah. Something like yeah. That. Barbosa has some great lines. But, he um... really does. Like, I mean, he, he just has, like, a, a fantastic command of the English language. When th that scene in the beginning where uh, Elizabeth uh, says something when they first meet. Yeah. And Barbosa's just like, we're just humble pirates uh, you know yeah. like talking about that she's speaking that oh, what she's he, saying he is too there's a lot of big words in there miss turner right right we and then uh pirates. 
And then she says something to him, and then what was it that he says? I'm disinclined to acquiesce to your request. And then <laughs> and like, she's just there, and then he's no. like, that means no. <laughs> I know, that that was such a good fit. I love him so Like, the more I think about it, the more I'm actually becoming a Barbosa fan. Like, the more we're talking about this, I'm like, I actually think I when, love him most. When Barbosa shows up at the end of Dead Man's Chest is the... the- the best. coolest thing ever. The best. It's the best way to end that movie. Uh, uh, so good. He's the best. That that was like the one thing I missed about that movie. It was Barbosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you get him back. Yeah. Man. Oh, that was, there was one other thing that's like, this is slightly off topic, but like I wanted to talk about. Um, there's a scene, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it, where we all know from the second movie what Jack's compass does. That it points you towards the thing you want the most, right? And when what what is that guy's name? Commodore. Commodore. The Commodore. When he takes he takes the compass from Jack and he looks at it and he says a compass that doesn't point north. I was wondering with a coworker about it. My coworker said that the compass kind of goes like slightly towards Elizabeth, but then snaps back to Jack. Do you guys remember? Like, do you guys know that? Do you know? What you're I have to examine the scene a little bit better because I didn't remember that until you just said it right now. Like when so we I watched it together, I like went back and I was like watching it, and to me, it seemed like the compass stayed on Jack, and that almost makes me feel. I mean, I feel bad for what? What is this? Norrington. Norrington. Yeah, Norrington. So I feel bad for him because, like, obviously he gets rejected by Elizabeth literally after she agrees to marry him in kind of just like such a crappy way and she's really unapologetic about it. But that scene kind of makes me feel a bit better because his goal at that time, like his desire to get Jack imprisoned was stronger than his desire to marry Elizabeth. But I don't know because then my coworker was like, no, the arrow kind of points towards Elizabeth. I don't know. I thought you guys might have known about that. I don't remember. I have Again, I haven't seen these movies in forever, so... Okay. Um, but I do recall what you're talking about, and that that does help him get to Ilo de Muerto. Mm-hmm. I think for Jack, it's always pointing at Bar- Barbosa. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's an interesting theory. I haven't thought about that because he just wants to get revenge on Barbosa. Yeah, but he knew that he couldn't kill him. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty epic battle. We talked a little bit about how you know uh, people are changing from you know uh flesh and bone to literal bone um uh, and there's some great play with some of those characters like uh when will turner puts a an explosive in one of their bodies and like traps three oh, of yeah. them together um that was cool and the guy's like not fair <laughs> but i wonder does he die does the body recompose after that either way jack's plan works he gets the final piece back into the chest of Cortez, uh, along with a little slice of his blood, because his blood was needed now that he had stolen the uh, the cursed coins as well. Yeah, so the curse is lifted, and he finally gets the opportunity to take that shot at Barbosa. And there's almost like a, a relief that washes over Barbosa. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. It's almost yeah. like he's like, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though, I mean, it must have, you know, it's hurt. a bullet, you're dying. It must have hurt like like heck. But the fact that he was relieved to be free of the burden of the curse and feel something for once, 
was kind of cool to 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 visualize uh and i think they they played that really well yeah i agree an interesting scene for me in in the final battle is actually with elizabeth's father where he basically just hides out in a room and like can hardly handle like a skeleton hand you know and then as soon as the battle's over he goes out and pretends like he was celebrating with everyone and it's just so funny because we don't really know who Elizabeth's mother was. Like, we know nothing about her. But it's like, how did he have such a courageous daughter? <laughs> like, he's such a coward. You know, he just goes hiding in the room and, like, fights for his wig back. He's, like, pulling at his wig through the window. You know? But it's like, you could tell he respects her because then at the end of the movie when she defends Jack and chooses Will, he's, like, kind of proud. You know? Right. Uh, I think that has his uh, cowardice and her courageousness has to do with when they became uh, the governors of Port Royal. Because I don't think he was always commissioned there as the governor of Port Royal. I think he always lived a pretty cushy life. Mm -hmm. But um, while uh, she, while Elizabeth was very young, they moved to those islands. I'm assuming that's what we're seeing in the opening of the movie. Mm. So she's excited about the adventure. She, she's excited about all that change. And he's still uh, a very pampered yeah, individual. Yeah, that's true. So had Elizabeth Swan never had that opportunity to live in uh, a place that's like a fort, it w would, would be kind of... It, I don't, I don't want to yeah, say Yeah, that's where that she be, gets her sense of adventure. I think, I think that's what it is. That makes sense. I don't know. I might be looking too much into. No, it's actually an interesting theory. Yeah, the she had all that stuff. excitement in her youth of like you're moving. Yeah. Speaking about all of that, they <laughs> they they end up uh, the the movie ends with Will Turner uh, freeing Jack Sparrow from the gallows. Basically, he's about to get hanged, and yeah. Um, that was actually pretty cool uh, when he throws the sword. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right yeah. as the which is the just like at their drops. first meeting, he throws the sword to stop him, and then he throws the sword to save him. Actually, that's a good point. That's a good parallel. Mm -hmm. Like in the beginning, he throws the sword to to like lock the door or to stop stop Jack from getting out, and at the end, he throws the swords to stop Jack from hanging to his death. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I actually never noticed that parallel. Good job, Jen. Thanks. But anyway, they saved them. <laughs> Poor... Luna's making all kinds of noises back there. Norrington uh, is basically denied the wedding that he was kind of promised earlier. You know, he's kind of a man about it. I'm, 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 I, I kind of respect Norrington. You know, I feel bad for him. I also kind of feel like he's a jerk in this first movie. But as the series progresses, he's one of my favorite characters. But his choice to let her go freely is a big move for him, in my opinion. Yeah, um, and, and it's it's cool the props that he gives Will about the the sword, because he he recognize he uh, recognizes that it's really him making the the swords rather than the blacksmith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a so, lot of little little details in there. Uh, there's a lot of little details that we were able to dissect on this probably many many more mm -hmm. from just this one movie i think we're coming up on uh, a good amount of time for this podcast so we're not gonna stretch it out any further uh jen 
being the special guest star of this episode, what I'm a star. what do you want to say to end your discussion of Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl? I really like the movie. It's really good. One of my favorites. So you're gonna start and end your discussion <laughs> by expressing how much you uh, consider it your favorite. Ahoy, mateys! <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I've said all I need to say. I've said a lot. <laughs> what about you, Anthony? There's only one thing to say. Really bad eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some really bad eggs in this movie. Like, uh, a lot of these pirates are just, like... Bad eggs. They're just bad eggs. Um, but I don't think Jack Sparrow is necessarily a bad egg. He's a good man. Um, Drink up... I really love this movie Uh, I think that the way that they were able to capture the setting of like you know being in the 1700s 1800s uh, in pirate times is super cool it never felt out of place it always felt in universe and if it was very realized so I and the the, even though the characters were modern takes on um, like stereotypes and caricatures you know it still felt like a just it's probably the best like pirate movie like a solid pirate movie that mm-hmm. we've ever had even yeah. though like some of the sequels are just as good if not better i think the fact that this is just pirates and not like sea monsters or and, muppets or muppets yeah i think this is <laughs> <laughs> this is the best like single pirate movie that uh we've ever had at least that i've ever seen that, that means that you just weren't paying attention to the background character because I'm pretty sure I saw a Kermit somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, no, I, I, I agree though. Pirates of the Caribbean is always a film series that I love to revisit. It's it's just, it's, it's a fun film series to watch. And a lot of, a lot of people give the second and third one flack. But I absolutely love those three films. Mm-hmm. They're just all so good together. They're just all yeah. They're 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 so good together. I mean, they do start getting really crazy. The more the the you know the more sequels that come out, but it just it went well because they already established the whole superstition thing with with the cursed pirates. So. Obviously, uh, Davy Jones is very nautical and very um, pirate, so they would obviously bring that in. Mm-hmm. So, did you did you ever watch the fourth or fifth movies? Yes, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of On Stranger Tides, but Dead Men Tell No Tales was a better step one. up from that. Yeah, I haven't seen the last two. Oh, so you haven't seen On Stranger Tides or Dead Men Tell No. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen either of those. Well, I mean, the the real Pirates movies are the first three. They're the... It's yeah. the Gore River Binsky trilogy. Um, it's the same director who did all three of those. And then uh, On Stranger Tides uh, was directed by Rob Marshall. And Dead Men Tell No Tales was uh, Joaquin Running and Espen Sandberg. So it was different people doing those movies. And it's notable that they are different people. 
um, you know, maybe one of these days we'll be able to make it down to some of those other titles and break down why they work or don't work. But yeah, I believe... I, re I remember, like, seeing, like, I think Penelope Cruz is a pirate, and I always thought, like, oh, that would actually be, that's, that's pretty good casting. Mm. I think she can do it. But I just haven't watched the films. Yeah. We'll, we'll give it a shot eventually. That being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Next week's episode is going to be us covering Attack of the Clones, every single Star Wars fan's favorite movie. Yes, it is the best of the movies that we've gotten, and um, it's pretty crazy. Like nobody, nobody, nobody dislikes Attack of the Clones. It's nobody. it's literally so good. I'm. It's does this mean so we get good. to rewatch Attack of the Clones this week? Cause... This that means exactly that, Jen. That means exactly that. That's so exciting. Attack of the Clones is, you know, it's it's ranked, you know, Attack of the Clones, then Empire, so... Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> and then The Force Awakens. <laughs> Alright, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us here at Project Geekology for our 25th episode. Next week, Dakota and I will be covering Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, so be sure to watch that in advance of our discussion. Be sure to find all links to our show and socials in the show notes so that you can keep up to date on all Project Geekology news and updates. If you enjoyed today's show, share it on social media, review it on your preferred podcast application, or talk to us directly online. Alright guys, have a good one. Bye. Bye.